Hey, this is Greg Sanders. Thanks for listening today. It's our hope that this message will help you connect to God, grow in His Word, and serve the kingdom in a greater capacity. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. Awesome. Great job. Thank you, Felicity, for being willing to minister to us this morning. Hey, I come bearing gifts this morning for uh, three people who, uh, who would like to receive gifts. Does anyone in the room like to receive gifts? Okay, Lily, come on. Alex, come on up here. Come on up. Shander, come on up. All right. And we're going to uh, we're gonna give three gifts and... Uh, Merry Christmas. Don't leave. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Okay, on, we're going to open them right now. On your mark, get set, go. What you got? A gift card to Starbucks, okay. All right. Um, a blanket, awesome, to keep you warm. And a bucket of popcorn, all right. 
All right, now then. Now you can't say you've never received anything. All right. Okay, church, your turn to participate. How many of you ever watched the game, The Price is Right? Okay. So we're going to, uh, I want you to look at these three gifts, a blanket, a gift card, and popcorn. And I want you to think about which of these gifts cost the most and which one cost the least. All right. And I'm just going to start right here with Alex. If you think this is the most expensive gift, raise your hand and wave at me. Okay. One person thinks, okay, one person, all right. If you think this is the most expensive gift, this, this uh, Starbucks coffee card, that we're not even going to tell them how much is on there, but if you think this is the most expensive gift, wave at me this morning. Okay, I want to say that's about, I don't know, would y'all say that's half or a 40% maybe? Okay, how many think the blanket is the most expensive? Oh, wow, most people think the blanket is the most expensive gift. All right, well, I'm going to tell you, um, where's Danetta? How dare me try this? without her in the room. I am pretty sure, I'm like 90% certain that Alex has the cheapest gift, you have the second cheapest gift, and you have the most expensive gift. I'm 99% sure that is right. So take your gifts, and thanks for uh, being part of my, of my props this morning. I had them do that for one reason and one reason only, okay? I want to teach you a lesson that you already know is this. You can't judge the value of a gift by the size of the package it comes in. Nor can you judge the value of a gift by its size at all, right? The smallest gift was the most valuable gift. This Christmas season, the title of our series is Christmas Presence. We're talking about the presence and the value of God, which is greater than any present you will ever receive. How many you know that sometimes the greatest present is just the presence of someone who shows up in a moment you need them. They just show up. Felicity just sang a song about how Jesus shows up in our world, how he showed up the first Christmas season. That is the greatest gift. And in Luke chapter 2, I want to talk to you this morning about the greatest gift you can that you can give. The greatest gift that you can receive, but also the greatest gift you can give. It says, when the time came for the purification rites required of the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him, speaking of Jesus, to Jerusalem to pre present him to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what was said and the law of the Lord, a pair of doves and two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him, and just uh, the consolation of, of Israel, that just simply means he was waiting for the Messiah, which was Jesus. He's been waiting for whoever this Messiah would be to come. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. So moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts, and when the parents brought the child to Jesus to do what? To do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and he praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your, service, your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all the nations. For a light 
uh, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and the rising of many in Israel and will be a sign that, uh, that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your soul too. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the greatest gift that we've ever received and that is your presence in us. The opportunity for us who are far from God to be made near to God because of your sacrifice for us, that we can enjoy something that was once off limits, that is God's presence among us and in us. Father, I pray today we would have a fresh revelation, a fresh experience of the presence of God in our lives personally, and we would also embrace how we can give this gift to others. Help me to speak what you want spoke and help us to hear what the Holy Spirit of God want to say to us and we'll give you thanks. Everybody in the room said amen. Some of the greatest gifts that Mary and Joseph had to receive in their life had to be the seems like ongoing words of confirmation by people. One of the most needed gifts in Mary and Joseph's life had to be when, when you know, I mean, God has told them, you're going to have a son, his name is Jesus. We talked about that two weeks ago. You'll name him Jesus. He's going to save his people from their sins. You know, hey, Joseph, Mary, what is conceived of her is of the Holy Spirit. She's going to give birth even though she's a virgin. I mean, she's, they've got all of these miraculous interventions and promises over their life. But how you know, just because you see God do one miracle doesn't mean that you don't need a little bit more, more confirmation for what he's going to do in the future, Right? And so one of the greatest gifts in Mary and Joseph's life is that God sends the shepherds to confirm to them what he's spoken of their heart. That he sends uh, eventually some wise men to give them gifts that will see them through their exile in Egypt. And, and this is another moment where God is giving them the great gift of confirmation through this man named Simeon. And I don't know if you've ever had someone just show up at the right time and say the right thing, but if you ever have, that can be so impactful. It can be better than any gift you've ever received. As a matter of fact, Proverbs chapter 20 says that, oh, how good it is when you get a word in season. And Simeon's life highlights the presence of God and the faithfulness of God. I want to say that again. Simeon's life, it highlights the presence of God, and the faithfulness of God. And I want you to know this morning, I want to tell you the end at the beginning, what is the greatest gift you can give with your life? You also can be a demonstration of the presence of God and the faithfulness of God to everyone in your life. You can be a demonstration of the presence of God and the faithfulness of God to your husband or your wife. You can be a demonstration of the presence of God and the faithfulness of God to your kids and to your grandkids. You can be, you may be the only opportunity for those at your workplace to ever have an experience with the faithfulness of God and the presence of God. And church, I'm praying this Christmas that the assembly, as not just when we're gathered, but when we go out, we we would be the presence of God among our community, and we would also be a demonstration of the faithfulness of God in our community. Simeon, if Simeon had not been 
faithful to God, two things will happen. By the way, you might want to write this down. There's two things that happen when we're not faithful to God. It's not in your notes, but you can write it in there. Number one, we miss out on the promise. And number two, people miss out on the experience. You might want to write this down too today. I'm not, I'm not sure why I'm wanting you to write this down. But the promise of God is never just about you. The promise of God, it may be for you, but it's bigger than you. The promise for Simeon, he, what was the promise Simeon had received? That you will see the Messiah, that you will see the consolation of Israel. And we don't know how long he'd received that promise. We don't know if he'd been hanging on to it for 10 years or 15 years or, or 10 days. We just don't know. But he, he knew he had this promise that I will get to see the Messiah before I die. But here's what he didn't know. He didn't know that this promise wasn't just so that he could see but also that he could speak for God in a moment. See, his faithfulness to God was setting him up for more than he could imagine. And let me just tell you this morning, if you will commit to be faithful to God, it will set you up for experiences with God and what you can do for God in ways that, are, that would blow your mind more than you could ever expect. Your faithfulness of God, for God is that powerful. See, if Simeon would have failed to be faithful to the promise of God, what is the promise of God? That you will see the Messiah before you die. But if Simeon would have said, you know what, it's been, it's been two weeks, it's been two months, it's been two years, it's been two decades, it's been a long time since I heard that word from the Lord. I think I'm just going to forget about it. I'm going to give up on the promise of God. I'm going to walk away from the promise of God. I mean, it's been too hard. It's been too long. If he would have just said, I'm not going to be faithful to that promise anymore. Not only would he have missed out on seeing the promise of God fulfilled, Mary and Joseph would have missed out on hearing the word of God's confirmation. And you and I would also miss out on this confirmation that says, for Jesus came to be a witness, to be a light, to not just the people of Israel, but to the Gentiles too, which last time I checked, most of us, that's us. Right? And so this morning, I want to talk about how you can give the greatest gift. Well, Pastor, what's the greatest gift? I'll, I want to put it to you in this sentence this way. Your faithfulness to God is the greatest gift you'll ever give. I want to say that again. Your faithfulness to God is the greatest gift you will ever give your wife, your kids, your husband, your grandchildren. The greatest gift you will ever give to any of them is your faithfulness to God. Pastor, why would you say that? Because it's through your faithfulness to God that they will experience the presence of God and see the promises of God at work. But if we water down and, and, and run out on our faithfulness to God. We're cheating them of experiencing His presence. So I want to talk to you this morning about how we can give the gift of faithfulness. How can we extend God's faithfulness that's been given to us to someone else? How can we give this great gift I want to tell you a few ways this morning. Number one, you have to understand that faithfulness begins with faith in God. I know it seems pretty basic, but if you do not believe that God will keep His Word, you will not be faithful. Faith. 
faith is the foundation of faithfulness. Sometimes we think, well, someone's, if they're not being faithful, they're just not doing good. People don't do bad because they're just doing bad. They're doing bad because they're believing bad. Somehow they have believed that their way of doing things will be more fruitful than God's way of doing things. The only way we will ever be people of faithfulness is when we really believe in the Word of God ourselves. And the Word says that faith comes by hearing the Word. And so in order for me to keep the Word, I've got to know the Word. I've got to feed on the Word. So our strength to be faithful to God begins by us knowing that He will keep His will. My, my first job as a kid, and forgive me for talking about myself for a minute, but uh, I thought about talking about you, but I didn't know that would go over, so I'll just talk about me. My first job as a, as a 12-year-old kid, now I was, I was weird as a, as, a, as a young guy. At, at age of 12, I was already six foot tall and I already had a full-grown man's mustache. And so I was sort of, I was, I was that kid. You ever met one of those kids? That was me. And so I started working in construction, pouring concrete for a construction company in town that my cousin owned. I started working for him at 12 years old. And at the, at the end of the first Sunday, every, uh, summer that I worked for him, everyone on the crew got mad at me because they all thought I was a high school student and I was just 12 years old. But, but here's what I learned. It, it, is, it is hot in South Arkansas pouring concrete in the summertime. And I had a little bit of pride as a 12-year-old boy pouring concrete. I thought, look at me, I got a real man's job. And I was making $6 an hour, which was like double minimum wage in those days. So like all my buddies who were, you know, mowing yards and trying to get jobs at, you know, Mickey D's or whatever. You know, I was making, I just, it was, and the camaraderie, I was getting to hang out with older dudes and like, it just, it. But I can tell you, when it's 105 degrees and you're shoveling mud, it's, there's only one thing that kept me going. I believed that come Friday, I'm going to get paid, and it's going to be worth it. Do you know how you're going to be faithful to God? When you understand that faithful is He who began a good work in you, that He will complete it, and it's going to be worth it. If you don't believe that God is faithful, and if you don't believe it's going to be worth it, then you're not going to be faithful to Him. See, sometimes we think faithfulness is, is based on our ability to control our willpower. And it's not. You're not that powerful. You're not that disciplined. But when I can figure out, when I understand that God is faithful to His Word, then all of a sudden my faithfulness is not based upon what I can do, but it's faithfulness in my belief in what He's already done for me in the past and what He's going to do for me today and the promises He will keep for me in this future. Then all of a sudden I can become faithful in ways that were once impossible because not about me, it's about Him. And the only way I can keep that motivation going is by feeding on the Word. That's what the Word says. That faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. If you need a little bit of an injection into your faith, quoting this morning, if you need a little bit of more faith in your tank, there's a, there's a filling station, and it's called God's Word. And as we fill our faith, it increases our faithfulness. Uh, the same is true as we empty 
our faith tank by believing the words of people and listening to the voice of the enemy, then our faithfulness is also going to begin to take a nosedive. So how can I be faithful? How can I give this gift of faithfulness? I've got to make sure it's grounded in my, in my relationship with God. Hebrews chapter, said, chapter 10 says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promises. Simeon believed. God told me. Now listen. People have been waiting for the consolation or the appearance of Jesus for decades. For years and years and years. Jesus, the Messiah, had been promised. But, but people were beginning to doubt. And many people had given up. But, but Simeon, he just, he just had a word from the Holy Spirit. We don't know how he got it. We don't know if a prophet showed up and said it to him. We don't know if he was reading Old Testament Scripture and it just came alive. We don't know if he was praying and the Holy Spirit just kind of nudged him in his prayer time. We don't know how God delivered this word of the Holy Spirit that he would not, not die without seeing the Messiah. All we know is this, that Simeon believed it. And I want to tell you this morning, if we're going to be faithful people, we have to believe the Word of God above what we see and what others are saying. Number two, faithfulness endures through seasons of doubt. It says there was a man in Jerusalem who was righteous and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. Why that's so important? Because others were not waiting. Others had given up. Did you know faithfulness to God requires endurance? We don't know how long Simeon had been waiting for Jesus to appear. I've gone back and I've I studied and studied because I wondered how long had Simeon really been waiting? How long was it between when God told Simeon, listen, you're not going to die until my son appears, until the Messiah appears? How, was it, was it, how long was it? We don't know. But Simeon endured that season with faithfulness. I, I feel like sometimes we, we are such a microwave society. You know, you take the, take the thing out of the freezer... You set it for 3 minutes and 50 seconds, and if it's, not, if it's not done in 3 minutes and 50 seconds, then something's wrong. And we're usually complaining about the 3 minutes and 50 seconds, aren't we? Like we're, we're wishing there, this has taken too long to make a, you know, whatever, a full meal. 3 minutes. We're, we're, we're waiting. We, we have lost our, as a, as a society and even as believers, I feel like we have lost our our endurance. We feel like if God said it, then He's going to do it immediately. But the, the testimony of my life is that God says it, and then He usually puts me in a season of endurance before He performs it. I preached a message on a few Wednesday, a few Wednesday nights ago that about that. Uh, the title of the message was, Some Seeds Never Die. And I began to talk about how almost every promise in my life that God's ever given me before it came to pass, in the natural, it seemed like all reasons of hope for that promise to be fulfilled was dead. It had taken too long. Things had become too impossible. The situation had gotten worse instead of better. And when it looks the most impossible, it seems like that's when God delivers most often on His promises. 
So I don't know how long Simeon had been waiting, but he had been waiting, but he waited with endurance. I mean, think about Noah. You know the guy that built the boat? A lot of times we tell his story, and I tell, his, I tell the stories to my kids all the time, and I'll say, you know, hey, God told Noah to build an ark, he's going to destroy the earth, and so Noah got some timbers, and he got some, some wood, and he built the boat, and then he had to go get animals, and we led them two by two, which you know is not really just two by two, but he got all the animals in, together, and he put them on the ark, and it rained for 40 days and 40 nights, he was in the ark, and, and then, you know, God sent off the dove, and, and, but we forget that it took him somewhere around 100 years to build the boat. A hundred years of no rain in the forecast. A hundred years of people ridiculing him, making fun of him, persecuting him, telling him he's crazy. But he said, I'm just going to believe the word of God. I'm going to believe the word of God. Jesus also had to endure betrayal, indifference by people, beatings, even the crucifixion before he provided the resurrection power. I'm just telling you that, that we... If we are going to give the gift of faithfulness, it doesn't happen in a microwave moment. It doesn't happen over even a short season of our life. All of our life. Would you say this with me, with me so I know you're awake? All my life. All of my life is, a dim, is an opportunity for me to prove or for me to participate in the faithfulness of God. All of my life is an opportunity for me to show those around me that, that God is faithful. So I'm going to be faithful to Him. Hebrews chapter 10 says this, For you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what is promised. See, what I, what I receive from God is tied to my willingness to endure the season before it's delivered. And that's hard. Have you ever ordered a pizza to be delivered to your house? Have you ever felt forgotten? I mean, I know one of the pizza places in town, they have an app on your phone, and it tells you my pizza's in the oven, and it tells me it's being you know, worked on, and then it tells me it's out for delivery. And, and sometimes you can even get on there, and they can track that little thing, and I'm pretty sure that tracker lies. Hey, man, I got a witness on that one. It should not take them two hours to get from the bottom of my hill to the top of my, you know. And sometimes when, when we hear a promise from God, we think we should be able to get our phone out and just track that promise all the, from, okay, here it comes, Lord, you said it here, and I want to be faithful for 21 days, and boom. And that's not how it works, but if I can stay faithful, I can be sure of this, he will deliver. And here's number three, here, this might be a big challenge. If I'm going to be a person that stays faithful to God, I have to stay sensitive to the Spirit of God. Verse 127 says, He was moved by the Spirit to go into the temple courts. God had told him, hey, you will not die until you see the Messiah. You will not die until you see the consolation of Israel. You're not going to see. And, and like I said, we don't know how many years he had been hanging on to that promise. But have you ever had to wait on a promise from God more than a week? Raise your hand if yes. More than a week? How about more than a year? How about more than a decade? When you're waiting for God to keep his promise over a span of time, it's real easy for delay and disappointment to talk you out of your expectancy and your sensitivity 
that, God, you might want to speak to me about this today. It's real easy. You've been waiting for a promise of God for a decade for you to step out of faithfulness to God because you, you may say something like, well, Lord, you've said that before. And nothing happened. Lord, you spoke to me before and it didn't really happen how I expected it to happen. But here, here's Simeon. He's got this promise from God and something nudged Simeon. Says, moved by the Spirit. I don't really know what happened in his life. But something spoke on the inside of Simeon and said, Hey, go to the temple. Now, the Bible doesn't even, it does not say that Simeon heard the Holy Spirit say, Go to the temple so you can see the Messiah. He just said, Go to the temple. If it's Greg Sanders, I'm going to say, Why? I mean, I went this morning, or I'm going tomorrow. Or I just went last week. Why? But, but Simeon didn't argue with God. He's a lot more spiritual than I am. He just, the Lord moved him. He told him to go and he went. And when he went, when he stayed sensitive to the voice of God, he received the promise of God. You know, Simeon's name simply means heard by God. So all of Simeon's life, every time someone would say his name, he would say, it's like they were saying, heard by God. You're heard by God. And here we are. The one who's been heard by God has also learned how to hear God. I think it's really important for us to understand that you are heard by God. But you also got to understand that you can hear God. And that when I hear his voice in the word of God, when I hear his voice speak to me, whether it's challenging me to get up and do something that I don't want to do or give up something I don't want to give up or go speak to someone I don't want to speak to. Every time I hear the voice of God and obey it, I'm getting one step closer to the promise of God coming to pass in my life. I just want to challenge you today. I don't know what promise of God you're hanging on to, but don't lose your sensitivity to the voice of God. Well, pastor, how do I keep my sensitivity? I mean, because it's so hard to just get to get critical, it's hard to get to, to give up. It's hard to get discouraged. It's hard to be, it's easy to believe that that well that promise was for a, somebody else. I'll give you a few ways. Number one, keep an open text thread with the Lord. What I mean by that is pray regularly. You know, my several of you, but but my wife especially. I've got an ongoing text thread with Megan. I don't, I don't wake up in the morning or, I mean, not that we don't wake up in the same house, but I, I don't wake up in the morning and text her and say, hey, hey, Megan, this is Greg Sanders. I live on, you know, I give my address. And, Would you please have time to have lunch for me to, with me today? You know, I don't, I don't do that. It, it's very, it, it's, I send her something, she sends me something. I send her something. It's just, some, some of you understand that you're, you're, your prayer time with the Lord is not designated to 15 minutes at 6 a.m. or 20 minutes at 9 p.m., but God wants to have an ongoing dialogue with you all day long. And occasionally, I'll get a phone call, and the phone call will say something like this, why didn't you answer your text? And oftentimes when I didn't answer my text, it's because I didn't see my text. Maybe I didn't hear my phone. Have you ever had the, 
Okay. Why didn't you? If we're not careful, I think sometimes the Lord says, Hey, why aren't you answering the text? Why aren't you answering the message? Why aren't you responding to my word this morning? Simeon, he, he, he kept an open heart towards God. He, he dwelt on the right things. He acted on the gentle nudges of the Spirit. Here's number four this morning. His faithfulness brings an awareness of God's presence to others. Simeon took Jesus in his arms. Jesus is a baby at this point. And begins to give God thanks over him. And here's why I say that your faithfulness is one of the greatest gifts you can give anyone. Because your faithfulness, faithfulness by one person can serve as a delivery delivery system of God's presence to another person. Sometimes your faithfulness allows God to be seen in you, even if it's not felt by you. You know, my, my favorite example of this is, um, is found in the book of Daniel. Three guys, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, they get thrown into a fiery furnace, right? And the king has this moment where he says, wait just a minute. Didn't we throw... Three guys in there. And someone says, yeah, we threw three guys in there. And he says, well, then why do I see a fourth man walking around? The presence of God could be seen by an evil king. But there's nowhere in Scripture that ever says that Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego saw the presence of God in there with them. Sometimes the presence of God may seem foreign to you when you're being faithful but it's evident to others. What I see and what I feel cannot be the measuring stick for the presence of God with me. Simeon, he could have ignored that nudging of God, and what would have happened if he ignored the nudging of God to go when God told him to do? The presence of God, it would have been missed by Mary and Joseph in that moment. In that moment, this was, why, why, did, why is Mary, let's, let's go back to why, why are Mary and Joseph there? They're just fulfilling the, the law. They're just doing what you do when you have a child. You're going to make an offering, two pigeons, very, very modest offering. But they had to do it. So they're in there just doing what they knew to do. There's nothing, there's nothing supernatural in the moment. There's nothing celebratory, so to speak, in the moment. They're going to sacrifice. They're going to, to, to give. They could have went and left with no ado. They may have been hoping they could get in and get out without calling any attention to themselves. But Simeon is being faithful to God. And because of his faithfulness, Mary and Joseph had a God encounter. Yeah, God fulfilled his word to Simeon, but more than that, God gave a divine on-time word to Mary and Joseph. I just wonder what God could do through you and me if we decide I'm going to be faithful to God no matter what. I believe the Spirit of God will be delivered to your life and other people's lives in ways that you cannot imagine. Every gift I give this season will be broken and forgotten about within five years, probably. But when we're faithful to God, when you're faithful to God, that is truly the gift that keeps on giving. It's the gift that can never be forgotten. 
It can never be stolen. It can never be ignored. It keeps speaking to people long after your absence. I want to challenge you, never underestimate the power of your decision to be faithful to God no matter what it costs. Number five, faithfulness to God also expands the impact of our lives to others. Megan, if you want to come. Simeon blessed them. He said to Mary, the mother of Jesus, the child is destined to cause the rise and the falling of many in Israel. He's going to be a sign that will be spoken against, so the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. A sword will pierce your own soul too. Simeon's faithfulness to God, it delivered the promise of God to him personally, but it also expanded Simeon's voice beyond anything he could ever imagine. I mean, I don't think when Simeon heard that he was going to be able to see Jesus, I don't think he could comprehend that here we are thousands, a couple thousand years later, still talking about his story. But his, his simple faithfulness expanded the impact of his life. I want to tell you this morning, the promises of God are for you. But they're bigger than that. The kingdom of God, when you respond to faithfulness to God's direction, the kingdom of God, it, it, it makes your life a part of a bigger story. Your faithfulness to God connects you to a bigger story. Your faithfulness is not just about you. The impact of your faithfulness is, for better or for worse, is far, far more reaching. I want to ask you about your heads this morning. You know, each year, about this time, you can go online and you can really usually find a list that'll be something like this, the top 10 hardest Christmas gifts to find. And I'll tell you what, what Walmart and Amazon is selling out of the most. And, you know, which, which, which gifts are you going to bid higher for on auction sites? I'll tell you what, what's the most in-demand gift or what's the most scarce gift a person can find to give. And Proverbs chapter 20 says this, many claim to have unfailing love, but a faithful person who can find? That's a, that's a hard thing to find. Here's the thing, church. You and I have been given the charge to be a, we've been given a chance to be a benefactor of the greatest gift ever given, the gift of salvation, the ability to have the presence of God with us, Emmanuel, God with us. We have the ability to participate or, or partake of the faithfulness of God that Jesus left heaven, came to earth, lived a sinless life, died a sacrificial death, rose on the third day that you and I, who were far from God, could be made near to God. That's the story of the gospel that all of us can have Right standing with God the Father, not because of what we've done right or wrong, but because of what He has done in our place. It's the greatest gift that you could ever receive is to know how faithful God has been to keep His Word so that you could be part of the family of God, so that you could be part of having the right relationship with Jesus. And today, with every head bowed, if you're in the room today, say, Pastor, I am not a Jesus follower. I have never 
made the decision that, yes, I'm going to follow Jesus. I've never asked him to change my life. I've never committed myself to him. But today, you say, I want to take full advantage of the greatest gift on earth, the opportunity to know God. If that's you today, would you just lift a hand real quick? That's me, Pastor. Pray for me. I need to make that choice today. Amen. Now, secondly, church, I want to ask you to look at me because I'm going to look at you. Dead in the eyeballs, all right? You have the opportunity to bring the faithfulness of God and the presence of God to your family and to your friends. Every time you choose to be faithful, you're opening the door. Your faithfulness opens the door to God's presence and His faithfulness in your life. That's what Simeon did. But Simeon discovered it's not just about my life. He opened the door for the presence of God to be present in Mary's life, in Joseph's life. And even today, we're reading about how His faithfulness opened the door to God's presence and God's faithfulness. Your commitment to Christ, your staying sensitive to His Spirit, you're willing to endure not because you like pain, nobody likes pain, but you believe the promise is going to be worth it. When you stay faithful, you're continuing to open the door for others around you. And here's the thing. You don't just open the door with your faithfulness when the promise comes. You open the door to faithfulness. Noah was speaking all hundred years. He was building. He was still speaking. Hey, God said. Simeon was speaking faith and speaking hope. Every day, we don't know how many years of it, but every day he stayed faithful to God. He was giving people an opportunity to look forward. He was encouraging faith and belief in others. Your faithfulness does the same thing. So I want to challenge you this, this season. Let your life shout the presence of God and the faithfulness of God by determining within yourself, I'm going to be a person who's faithful to God. Not because I'm perfect, not because I have willpower, not because I have all the answers, but because I believe the Word of God, that He who spoke it is true. And then when we talk about a baby in a manger, it's not a picture we look at and adore. It is the God that we serve. So I want to ask you, I just want to pray with you today. Father, if there's someone in the room today that their faith is waning, their faithfulness has been sporadic because they've all tried to do it. We've all tried to do it in our own power. But Lord, our faithfulness is not based on how good we can do. It's, faith, it's based on how well we believe. And God, we want to believe well. We believe the Word of God. So I pray that we would fill our lives with the Word of God more and more. And God, I pray that our faithfulness to you, our life live before you, when it seems to be hard or easy, when it seems like everyone is looking or no one is looking. Help us remember that our faithfulness to you is opening the door of your presence and your power and your faithfulness, not just to our lives, but the lives of those around us. Use our lives this season to impact others with the good news of Jesus. And we'll give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you give the Lord a hand clap for His Word today? Hey, God bless you. Hey, there is a ton of things going on around the church this season.
Trailblazers this week, ladies' Christmas party coming up, Christmas Eve service. Don't forget about that. Christmas morning service. We'd love for you to be part of all that. Have a wonderful day. Pick up a yard sign on your way out. If you're a first-time guest, I'll be on the front porch about 30 seconds. I'd love to greet you and meet you and put a gift in your hands. God bless you for joining us at the assembly today. Hello, this is Greg Sanders, pastor of the assembly here in Cabot. I want to say thanks for listening today. If you are ever in the Cabot area, we'd love to have you join us for a service. For service times, check out our webpage at theassemblycabot.com. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a great day, and God bless.